Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where 80,000 people have to wait 20 minutes, big deal, as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 146th episode in the series, Older and Wiser. (laughs) I have to wait 20 minutes, and maybe we can nail it and make this exactly a 20-minute episode. (laughs) I'm going to cut anything that goes over 20 minutes. Yes, perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're 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 pretty close to 80,000 listeners, but maybe not that. that yeah, high. yeah. Just uh, <laughs> get 78,000 of your closest friends and <laughs> Well, you know, because we are the scholarly podcast um and because you referenced it in the intro, I I'd love to uh start with a bit of scholarship because I've always been curious about this reference to um essentially blanche delaying the opening ceremonies uh in tokyo due to sleeping with one of the torchbearers um (laughs) some of they're called torchbearers i don't know that sounds very religious but um anyway the guys that carry the torches uh or the torch but um anyway they're actually so not due to like any sort of human uh element uh as blanche refers to but there was a delay so they're actually in hong kong the relay of the torch was disrupted due to a typhoon that actually like hit the city at midnight. So it actually damaged, there was supposed to be like the torch was supposed to get on like a plane. (laughs) I like how I anthropomorphized it, right? It's like the torch gets on a plane. I mean, the torch was supposed to be put on a plane. Um, And in that typhoon, that, that plane that was like the special plane to transport it was damaged. So another plane had to be made available to get to the next location, which I think was Taipei. Um, but it was the next day. So it was actually delayed a day, <laughs> but wow. due to a typhoon, not due to uh, Blanche's, uh, you know. Allegedly. Um, uh, I, al- now I al- allegedly. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was the official story. <laughs> yeah. Um, that totally makes sense because I knew, I feel like every time I watch this episode, like I, we, you know, we've talked before about like before the wonders of Matt Browning's book and like before like, um, oh shut up bros and like all of these blogs like you there were times where you would watch and you would have to or you would naturally sort of put together some context even when you're a kid and you're like I don't quite get that but I know it's something so I think I always knew that like the torch had to have actually been delayed because they were referencing yeah. like a historical event um, but it's really cool to know that like they good for them man that's like a good current events reference i know right well they're really good at that i mean even just even last season too like they started building it more into the storylines also because like you know when you're (laughs) when you're several seasons deep like you do need to draw some new material for sure so it's really interesting um but yeah but that's definitely one of those like deep cut references that you're just like wait if i wasn't there and like experienced that exact moment that's not necessarily something i would remember totally fun times so but anyway i enjoy this one i think uh we go with regular themes of dorothy being fearful for sophia's aging uh we have you know we we visit this amazing nursing home so there's a lot of great characters that i love in this collection um and then there's also the sort of like sophia has a job type of uh you know, storyline, even though, as we know, it it is a deceitful job. (laughs) But um, I love it. I think it's, you know, I think it's really, um, it's, it's, it tells a lot about, you know, the Dorothy and Sophia relationship. It also talks a lot about trust, um, entrusting the aging process, and also like the whole parenting your parent thing. Um, 
and yeah and then the b story is just amazing and so funny and such a great like bait and switch for both blanche and rose but also for the viewer yeah yeah totally and i think it's like it's interesting because it's a big obviously it's a big con um but i feel like the like normally you can I mean, I don't know, I guess I don't have kids, but I imagine you con your kids in the smaller ways, you know, like we're going to get ice cream, but it's really the dentist sort of thing. Um, but this is like, well, I mean, let, let me just step in and say that's pretty fucked up too. Yeah, that's a mean one. All right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And no, I think an e- a better analogy that's a little softer is like when you're just like trying to encourage them with something else that you're not lying about, but there is going to be like you do have to eat dinner before we get your popsicle. But let me tell you about the popsicle first because that's the interesting part, you know. That kind of right. Thing. Okay. Yes. That's and that's why <laughs> you're like you're like I don't have children, but when you blatantly lie to them. <laughs> yeah no trauma there um all right well anyway um this is just that like on such a grand scale and to the point you're making like I don't know I waffle with like where I end up landing on it because obviously Dorothy's intentions are really good and I do think she's right about Sophia not going there willingly like wouldn't you know be interested in it but obviously it's super deceitful and it's like humiliating for Sophia when it all comes out. And like, yeah, that's the roughest part is her reaction yeah. to the humiliation, which is pretty real. Yeah, I guess my like where I ultimately land is like, what did Dorothy think was going to happen? Because even if <laughs> right. it wasn't revealed in this sort of dramatic way, like Sophia was going to get fired as activities director after like a week and a half. Like what? It's like a very short contract. I don't know. It's like super, Totally. there's no good outcome. So overall, like I get where she's coming from. I think she just like, maybe was a little desperate. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And then, and this guy goes along with it, which I have a lot of questions about, but I don't know. Cypress Grove. Well, but he like, <laughs> he goes along with it poorly you know so i think yeah. that that is also like the big tell is when she shows up and just do this for me you promised <laughs> and you know you're like oh okay well that guy doesn't even really remember the conversation because he's so busy and everything so um yeah it doesn't bode well <laughs> but right. i think like yeah i i'm i'm all for dorothy's intention i think it's just well one it's just for the sake of the story to be real you know um but i think that um I think what's interesting is this this doesn't um this episode doesn't really get into the like or doesn't say it I guess aloud as clearly maybe it's implied but it's sort of like yo Sophia constantly brings up Shady Pines and how she felt betrayed and dumped off and like completely dismissed and like that is kind of traumatic for her and now all of a sudden you're like tricking her to go back into a nursing home (laughs) I mean that's kind of heavy man so yeah I'm not I'm really on Sophia's side here because she's lucid enough to like actually have a conversation as obstinate and stubborn as she might be I think it's really important I mean just like I said about like telling the truth as much as possible uh to your toddler is the same as your fucking 80 year something mother because it's like listen once we get into alzheimer's and memory loss that's a whole other ball game but yeah 
treating people with dignity, which we fucking fail to do almost at every age in this country, but but especially for people who are older, because there are no like good financial options really um, to age with dignity. I think it's extra important to have those conversations about practicality and just being like, you, this is what we have. Let's find a way to actually match this up, you know, with what you need. Um, I'm not saying that you will eventually as like a caretaker have to pull the trigger on something that's less than ideal or something that your parent is actually just vehemently against, but at least like start the convo. I think what Dorothy's doing here is preempting a convo that she thinks she knows what Sophia's already going to say and do. So, which is like kind of fair based on past experience, but also not fair because she's not treating Sophia like a whole person. Right. And like, that's when Sophia's like, nobody bothered to consult me on what was best for me. And I think that is like the crux of the issue of the dehumanization of older people. And it's like, we can, I mean, you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like this episode is actually really, that is like done really well here. Like Sophia's moment of um, like anger and humiliation and and like the reckoning basically of her figuring out what went on. Um, it's simple, like it's a simplified delivery, but I definitely think like that's, that's it. Like, it's like, you can't take the humanity away from somebody when just because they're of a certain age and also like your point about yeah if somebody's afflicted with some sort of illness or um condition wherein you must step in as their decision maker that's different than assuming that role before it's necessary yeah (laughs) right Um, right which is like and yeah like i think you're right like it's it's easy to see why dorothy did what she did and i think anybody sort of in the actual position of that with that type of mother might be inclined to do the same thing but as sort of like objective observers as we are we can um you know we can say that it's like not the right call so yeah Yeah. I'm definitely sympathetic to Dorothy but I ultimately think like yeah shouldn't have done that (laughs) right and I mean you know and you see it on a on a different scale with people who are already in the nursing home which I think this episode again does very well of just assuming that you know, older people aren't interested in having any fun besides watching television, that older people aren't interested in speaking. I really love the exchange with Mr. Lewis. Like, I've been here, could have spoken to me. Well, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're just like not taking the time to treat people like humans. And you're just like, it was glorified babysitting type of thing. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's the same, it's the same kind of message overall of this whole show of like assuming what old people and older people want and do in life, right? We assume they don't have sex. We assume that if they've been married and have children, they don't want to fall in love again. We assume, you know, that they wouldn't want to make new friends or couldn't make new friends, all of that. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of assumptions. And also everyone's fucking different. So some people do want to just sit and watch television. Some fucking 20-year-olds just want to watch television, but like a lot more people want to do more varied things you know um, yeah, so totally. i think it's i i like how they bring that up yeah i think so too and i i think like i think it's interesting because like that is one group like who just wants to sit and watch tv which is obviously totally fine and welcome and especially in your when you are older like please live however you want to live but also oh, totally. what, what i think is is another point that's worth making is like 
Sophia is a difficult, if she were an employee of Cypress Grove, let's say like, she's not listening. <laughs> she's not like, a I corporate mean, killer. Like, yeah, <laughs> there is some points about like, they want to get out for a walk and whatever. That's fine. But also like, what's his name? I keep wanting to call him Mr. Porter. Um, the owner of Cypress Grove anyway, or the manager, whatever he is. He has a point too about being like they were out for hours without anybody telling us where they are. Like some of these people yeah, probably yeah, yeah. do have medical conditions and you know, whatever. Um yeah. it, it is so, Mr. Porter, by the way. Mr. You know, Porter, yeah. Okay. He yes. really gets around. Um <laughs> it's not Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like, I guess also like if Dorothy the thing is, like, if you're gonna anticipate somebody's moves and somebody's reactions, like you should really get them all right and like Dorothy should have known that Sophia was going to do this is I guess like where I'm going. <laughs> correct. Correct. It's hysterical. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I know. It's like, I, I'm not without sympathy for the guy that's just trying to wrangle old people. <laughs> like he's, you know, he's a tool for sure. He's a pill as people would say, but, um, <laughs> he, he's not wrong to your point. His entire, like, you know, all of the people he's responsible for just disappeared one afternoon. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, geez, that's great. Um, <laughs> anyway, I do, it, it's cute in the beginning, you know, the whole corporate killer thing and, um, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the Italian, Italian so good. The fashion is <laughs> your money. Come on, that's great writing. <laughs> I know, it's, it's really, it's like, Somebody wanted to force a great pun in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. But, um, but yeah, um, but that whole, um, you know, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the whole conversation when Rose walks in, I really just, you know, changing a little bit, uh, when they're, t when Rose is talking to Dorothy, right. When she's just like, you know, are you cooking? She's like, I'm developing pictures of the Magellan space probe, you know? And she's like, I'm just trying to make conversation. Don't talk to me like I'm stupid. It's kind of amazing because that line really sticks out for Rose because it's not it's not based on another joke setup or anything. She's actually just standing up for herself, which I think is kind of awesome. Like, we don't really see it within that where there's not like another joke to follow. That just hangs out there. She just says like, don't talk to me like I'm stupid. And then that's it. And then they move on. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm worried about Ma and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it stuck out to you too, but it's like, it's not part of a joke and it's literally just great character development on Rose's part being like, will you knock it off? I'm just making conversation, which is totally valid. She's right. Yeah. But it did turn out to be the day they taught everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, you know, the final piece of the puzzle, which is so great. Um, yeah. but, uh, but no, but I mean, but I'm, I mean that, that, that joke isn't connected. You know what I mean? Like with right, not totally. necessarily to that particular bit. That's like a later bit. Um, so just, yeah, just the structure of that Rose interstitial is not, you know, it's just, they just, you know, just moves on. And like Dorothy's like, you're right. You're right. I'm just frustrated. And then, you know, it's like another beat. So yeah, anyway, totally. I thought it was awesome. Totally. I was and like, it, way to stand it, up to her. <laughs> it is character development for sure. Cause like, I think that um, like, I forget what we referenced. Um, a couple episodes back, but like we've said, like first, second, even third season, Rose, early third season wouldn't have participated in this conversation. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the same thing. Yes. Like I don't think she ever would have had the like, I don't think she would have had the confidence really to say something like that. So totally, totally. It's definitely like a development note. Yeah. 
no so good so good um so you know <laughs> the blanche thing when she comes in and also like again just rose being just i mean you know rose says this a lot where she says something matter of fact that's like super rude but she just <laughs> says it matter of factly or you know when uh, blanche is like you know, discovered like well not exactly like lana turner you know which who by the way if you don't know was actually just discovered at a soda fountain um and uh it's like you mean she was sipping a soda and you were scarfing down your usual lumberjack breakfast <laughs> also like anytime i go to like a diner the lumberjack breakfast is always so obscenely large and i just love the idea of blanche being like yes i'll take five pancakes and two eggs over easy <laughs> to side of sausage that's <laughs> so great yeah your usual lumberjack breakfast yeah your oh. usual yeah totally um i also wanted to bring up so when they're talking one when i love the reaction to the penny saver blanche's is great but rose's is even better when she's like these hands that once like turned inside a chicken for a breech birth (laughs) raise the cover of penny saver oh my god it's so great (laughs) but middle finger's the longest it's true on both hands um but i actually want to talk about when uh blanche is like telling them and dorothy is like um it, it costs your friends his party's nomination yeah like, is that a gil kessler like it, that's gil kessler adjacent if it's not a direct reference like it's true yeah it's definitely adjacent i was thinking it was just a very vague reference to you know some <laughs> higher up politician losing a nomination um but yeah i didn't even think about the fact yeah it's probably gil gil kessler yeah we saw that happen. We saw it happen. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So can we talk about the penny saver for a little bit? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. <laughs> um, First of all, like a penny saver. My God, like all of the free internet marketing and mail that was sent to your house. Like you think we get junk mail now. My God, like so much crap. I know. <laughs> to come to you. Kids today don't even know what a penny saver is. We've, I oh, made my a penny God. saver. Well, how can you save penny savers? There's nothing, nothing, you can't save pennies. It's true. Um, <laughs> no one has pennies. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I just. <laughs> That's true. Look it up. <laughs> it is. It's true. Um, but yeah, I just, I, the idea again of like the sort of the competition in the looks department from, uh, you know, between Blanche and Rose. Like, I love the idea that they do go with Rose. Like, Blanche isn't so torn up about it because it's not like Rose getting the part of Lady Macbeth or anything, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's just her hands, like, which of course, obviously like, you know, they want, uh, you know, it's, it's it basically, it's not her face. It's not that they chose Rose over Blanche, right? This is not like a Laszlo competition type of thing. Um, so I do love that there's like a little bit of like jealousy and animosity there, but it doesn't like completely overtake the whole thing and that they're both excited together, you know, for this Mm -hmm. experience later on, which of course, like, oh my God, oh my God, come on now, no matter what, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But like, oh my God, the reveal is so good when like, it's such a smart move, like so such great direction to have it happened that way and then to have Dorothy be the one to read it I think that's like such a it's definitely like a I think it's a direction note I imagine absolutely Um, and just her laughter 
and their looks and like she's she's wheezing right like there's not too many times in this show when like you she can't get the words out and you're choking over your laughter like it's really incredible like i ugh, hats off to be arthur for that because it's such a funny scene you can't not laugh yeah and i do love also when blanche is like going through the ways that in which they're gonna basically get all these back talking to the oh driver and then she's like now here's the part of the plan you might not like and then there's like <laughs> a reference to like a uh, hair greasing and flannel shirt which like oh again, yeah you know that's pretty cliche lesbiany but i feel i think it is like i love when there's like i don't know if you could quite call it an easter egg but you know what i mean like somebody who's in the queer community like wrote that and that is so clear to me and i love that so much because it's not just like I don't know. I feel like it's like, so again, like somebody in the club, like making that joke, which is <laughs> yeah. so much better. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, I mean, it is a cliche, but it's also like a little nod that I don't know. Probably most people understood that joke at this time, but not all, you know? So. Yeah. Um, but man, it's so funny. I, the, um, you know, the, yeah, the whole, the whole idea of like when they actually get all the penny savers, which is really fucking funny as like, <laughs> like a like a an endeavor right <laughs> she was a woman possessed dorothy caught some on the fly scaled a couple of roofs <laughs> i mean it's kind of amazing because it's like that is where we would see blanche be like most physically athletic is like trying totally. to save face literally <laughs> from the yeah. entire town <laughs> it's but way man, I mean, miami's a big place so Jesus i, I know um, um but i think obviously it's really oh go ahead no i was just gonna say like i think it's Blanche is in a worse position than Rose because like oh, absolutely your face nobody's gonna recognize your hands like exactly it's not comparable yeah. I don't even think it's like on the same level <laughs> I'd sue <laughs> yeah I really would sue <laughs> I also love the the idea that they talk about airbrushing liver spots that they you know they talk about like one you know the the mistruth in advers- advertising obviously but like um but that it's like not mocking Rue McClanahan's actual face you know what I mean like it's yeah. just it's like they're actually like no they made them look super old um but I I mean you know I love a callback and it's the best line in this entire episode is when we switch from the b story to the a story and discussing Sophia and her depression really after she sort of gets called out you know and the, the truth is uh, revealed and <laughs> I gotta guess Blanche goes <laughs> Do you know what I think the worst part of getting older is? And with an absolute straight face, Dorothy just goes, your face, Rose's hands. And like, <laughs> it's one of the, it's literally the best line delivered. It's like in my top three ever for the Golden Girls because it's so perfectly referential, but because it could be ruined. So Dorothy was cracking up and wheezing before, right? Which is one form of comedy and getting the audience to laugh, right? But there's nothing like a dry delivery and there's nothing like a dry delivery from B. Arthur. So the fact that like we get the same style joke, it's literally just repeating the same joke we just heard. Right. But in a different format, but totally turned on its head by being dead serious. And it makes it 4 million times funnier. And I (laughs) just love it because you think as you know, you're, you're in the script here. And you think you're talking about the A story and then boom, you just get hit right back. And it's so great. It's such a perfect interconnection for two completely disparate things. Um, And I I love it. I cry laughing every time. 
Yeah, I love it. So my favorite line in the episode is um, T would be fine. T doesn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. And it's so like Sophia snapping back to like a disappointed mother. Like, oh, absolutely. The roles are constantly flipping between them, which is so fun to watch. Um, but it just, I really love it. The delivery is so good. And you think it's like cartoons don't lie. Like you think it's that. And then there's another <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, it's so good. There's a lot of funny lines actually. I'm looking at my notes now and it's like, this is a little, it's not a, this feels like a little bit of a, uh, a passive episode. Like the plot is important for sure, but it, it's not like super punchy, but I don't know. I'm looking at my lo- my notes and there's a lot of lines. Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, Big Daddy's like really terrible. Like we talked. Oh we- fuck, man! Right, oh, I know. <laughs> but the point of well, this Blanche- sort of song of the South, <laughs> exactly. Um, when Blanche is telling this story about two smart mouth New York lawyers, and then Big Daddy basically like beating them up for no reason. Um, I I don't know if it's a euphemism exactly, but it seems to me that that's like like they're probably jewish and like it might be yeah Yeah, like it's like a little anti-semitic um and like it just like it 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 does continue to paint this picture of him as like such a horrible person that like you and i in particular would really hate (laughs) so like totally hard to hard to get behind that country music career when you know him so well you know you know it's funny i i didn't want on my first on my viewing you know of the my scholarly viewing this time um around and every other time i've never really taken it to be quite that bigoted i always just took it as like generic anti-yankee sentiment um especially and it, it's interesting right because you can take it two ways because and i think this is the insidiousness of bigotry in quote-unquote nice guys or people who are just messing around right like there is true hate when people fuck with other people for like a particular reason of identity but like i think it's sort of like blanche tells the story of just like oh you know i just got a little drunk and they were causing trouble and you know almost like like couple guys like you know i you've she paints it as if it's like throwing spitballs in the cafeteria at these people from out of town, right? These men from out of town who just happen to be from New York. And that, that to me is like a Yankee, regardless of the fact that they're Jewish, but you're so right. Cause why would she say lawyers? Right. Right. Um, That's, that's, that's why, that's what I think. I think you're so right, but I'm just telling you how I took it of like, Oh, just New York. It's just like, they're painted different. So they're throwing spitballs at the cafeteria and Oh, it's just, just a little bit of fun. Right. And you're just like, yeah, that's what fucking people used to say when they would lynch black people. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is not a bit of fun and using words and language like that. And, you know, like, especially when people are, you see it all the time with people like, you know, sexually harassing somebody or making a fucked up joke and be like, I was just kidding. Why lighten up. Right. Um, That is a classic like deflection. So it's really interesting where almost like, Blanche telling the story is a completely unreliable narrator because she's defending him in and like in his like really fucked up life <laughs> that he has. And you know that like even what she describes is really messed up, but he like you know she's covering it up and that it's actually worse than she's telling it. And Dorothy knows that too. Like she knows it's sorted and fucked up and 
grand dragon i mean big daddy um is (laughs) seriously though like i mean it's really interesting when you would like think about it right because she she plays it off and then you're like no that's bad yeah no there's it's even worse when it's against jewish people yeah that's what i took it as and like i think that yeah like it definitely i i'm sure i've heard it a million times and i like always you know took it in passing um and that's definitely maybe making an assumption but i feel educated enough about big daddy to be able to make that assumption um yeah i think you're correct and also (laughs) i'm saying i I didn't think of it but i think you're right yeah yeah no 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 but i i think also like big daddy's the reveals about him i do actually feel like maybe this is intentional like i think they generally get a little worse after he dies um and i wonder if that's both because like blanche's little girl is probably recalling i mean she is recalling this like fondly um without maybe totally um get you know gathering the nuance or like processing it and two like i think it's probably a little easier to share things of him since not yeah <laughs> like since he's no longer with us um because like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of these moments where Blanche shares a story that she tells in like a fond way and is like, like reminiscing or whatever, but does seem to have a little, because Dorothy often is the one who like says something back. That's like, essentially like, wow, that guy really sucks. Like a moment of like, ah, yeah. I feel like Blanche does piece it together reluctantly and not actively, but I feel like she has to, like, there's so many times where Dorothy's like, hello i know <laughs> for real. that big it was there for you i mean even rose gets it on it <laughs> exactly 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 oh my god so messed up oh um but yeah that yeah so that that's interesting i'm i never thought of it and now i always will fun times big daddy <laughs> sorry for ruining big daddy for you <laughs> no i mean he was already ruined but now it's just worse yeah <laughs> There's more coming up. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. I know. So, all right. Well, back, back to um, the A story here of just Sophia sort of being, you know, depressed and moody. And then she gets back, you know, she, she basically decides like, fuck these people. I, I had like, was having a lot, you know, I was basically like having progress, you know, we were making a breakthrough basically with the people there and like befriending them too. I think it's interesting though that like this episode starts with Sophia seeing herself as outside and different than the people in the home. And I think at the end she still does feel that way, right? Like she's she sort of taught them something as a teacher, right? And she's been the only one to listen to them, but at the same time she is she is one of them like so it's, yeah. it's a weird it's a weird borderline I don't know what you th- think about that or if you thought about that of like just her role there and what that means for the I, I think what it means for the viewer is that we're like no no, no she's not ready yet she, she doesn't need to be in a nursing home yet she's she's so great don't worry about it Dorothy you're you know <laughs> you're worried about nothing um but for her personally it's got to be like a weird mix I don't know what do you think yeah I agree I think it's actually like I think it raises a good point about hiring like an activities director who is of the same age and like who can be sort of like both a participant and a facilitator, um, which I think is there's value in that for sure. Um, 
I wonder, I guess like that brings up a, an interesting question of like, maybe they could have just honestly like done it in a way that wasn't so duplicitous and been like, Hey, Sophia, like you can't be home by yourself because of like what's going on with you temporarily. But also like, would you be willing to like, I think, I don't know if it would have worked out with Sophia as a, as a particular person, but like, there's something to that, right? Like, it's like, you need to be under supervised care and like, basically make sure you're taking your medication. And like, if something happens, there needs to be somebody who can quickly respond. All that can be true. And you can also be like in a position to organize things, you know, like, I feel like it's basically just like the role of what some people in a friend group do. It's like, I'm going to participate, but I'm also planning this outing or whatever it is. So I think there's something to that as like a concept. Um, And I also feel like because Sophie is so engaging with these people, they're engaging her back. And I don't know that that would have happened as naturally with somebody who wasn't in the same like age bracket. Um, So yeah, I think it's like, I think there's, I also feel like this is how it works in real communities often, like retirement communities or like, um, you know, like we live, I live off of a, an avenue in Brooklyn where there's a senior council that's very involved with like the community and like, there's a woman who is runs it in my building. I think she's like 85. She's on the board of the co-op. Like she's super Amazing. involved. Um, and I think like if I were to go out there and try to rally some senior citizens for like a writing group or something like it wouldn't have the same effect as like their peer which is I think you know almost always true like you need to be I don't know when Gen Z tries to get me to do something it takes me a minute to understand that I should be doing it you know like your peers are much better I'm wearing big pants now everyone don't worry I came on board (laughs) I went from big pants and swore I'd never wear skinny jeans now I don't think I'll ever go back but never say never sorry they control Um, the young people (laughs) well listen you know i mean the amount of inches i lost off the back of my jeans in the 90s and early 2000s is like a lot you know and i can't afford to keep buying new jeans so i'm never wearing low rise again i'm putting that out there right now i will never (laughs) risk the thong out of the jeans. (laughs) yeah you could have gotten that in 10th 11th and 12th grade and that was it You hear her to hear first. <laughs> coming out again, slow rise jeans. Extremely I know. It's really exciting. Um <laughs> anyway, I know you're spot on. There's and this is like the pole point that we were talking about at the top of the of the episode is that like there's just ways to do it. And it, the thing is, nuance is really hard, right? So especially for somebody as stubborn as Sophia, you do have to parse that conversation, play it in a really careful way where you don't even have to specifically say like you have to be supervised and you have to whatever i mean again it's like talking to a fucking toddler like you have to phrase it the right way to make them feel empowered enough but like you can still have your sort of somewhat surreptitious but overt you know just like keeping an eye on them in the background and you know it's interesting is if mr porter was like more open-minded about that like sophia could have actually been like this you know free help as she was intending (laughs) you know to be um while simultaneously not having to worry about her like taking them crazy places i mean she you know he might have to worry about that too but it would have just been a better deal all around (laughs) with a little more openness but I do, I do love that, you know, like when at the end where they're like, do you care where your children are? And they're like, no, 
which is another great uh reference to the television commercials at the time um which was what yeah. 10 p.m yeah when did they come on I, later than that actually oh okay it's 11 o'clock do you know where your children are yeah exactly <laughs> who cares so no, no maybe, cares. maybe it was no. it's i think yeah really i don't know i feel like i was up you know well at some parts because my parents would be like right there yeah yeah <laughs> watching tv um, what's your name honey <laughs> i love the pizza line too it honestly does always make me like want dominoes too because like it's wild <laughs> the hold they have on that 30 minutes or less thing because i mean i feel like sometimes it's not but generally like if i order from the pizza shop down the street like it comes in i would say like i don't know 30 to 45 minutes yeah. um but it's wild how I just default to like a chain pizza restaurant. I know. It's so funny, right? I mean, but the thing is like they they did away with that. The, they can't promise that anymore because people were getting into crashes. <laughs> so I was right. like, I do remember, uh, what is it? The 1990 or 89, whatever, whatever the first, you know, live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, <laughs> movie was when they like, they had that exact, you know, thing of like, you need, you know, need to be here in 30, 30 minutes or less, blah, blah, blah. And like, I think it's Raphael and Michelangelo waiting for the pizza and Raphael's like getting really deep and like, just being like, yeah, do you ever think about all this like really intense stuff and blah, blah, blah. Man, <laughs> he's yeah. like, what do you think? And Michelangelo's like, pizza guys got 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's okay. all over. Like all the early '90s stuff is all referencing this like ridiculous. You know, I'm gonna get you the fastest pizza ever. But but yes, this little that little joke is very funny. Like it's it's great that they're prank calling them. It's so fun, and it's so cute when that lady is like, "It's great to have you back, Sophia." You know, like it's it's yeah. fun. That that's where the camaraderie comes in, where she is one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. You can't you can't leave really people nice. if you're not in the in the mix. Totally, totally. Um. I do love the uh this is this is in the beginning more with the whole smoky thing, you know, where it, like she's he's like, uh, let me just give you a few tips, you know, <laughs> like uh, Smokey fancies himself a bit of a ladies man, like he'll hit on anyone. Ah, uh, Smokey, I want you to meet my daughter. <laughs> so good. Um and with then, nobody. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then the whole um throwing a bag of cheese corn, I just described your Saturday nights. <laughs> which is great because it totally like calls to mind your uh the the vision of dorothy going like it just shucks it right off shucks it oh my god so good you're right it totally does wow that's what like i know it just like it harkens right back we're like we've actually seen that there you go it's good jeez i know um the only other thing i had is is just talking about um oh actually two lines but one in the beginning of like you know i referenced like the whole like shady pines is traumatizing well they sort of play it on its head here a little bit um i forgot about that where you know she's like want a massage dial nine. <laughs> yeah that comes and that also and then, happens when yeah it's like darthy's pronunciation of filet mignon yeah filet mignon, filet mignon. yeah <laughs> she's like uh they just had one they throw it in the pit and make us fight for it yeah that scene is great. It does actually lighten up the like trauma, I guess, of of Shady Pines. But I'm sort of thinking of uh, the the series as a whole and the totality of it. Um, but the only other line I that we didn't mention was the whole like, oh, you know, they're they're having again like the classic like consult me 
when you're talking about me and uh, Dorothy and Mr. Porter going back and forth and, she, and Sophie interrupts and she's like, whoa, 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 maybe I can handle her. Who are we having a problem with? It's like, you. Oh, perfect. I know my every move. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's really, it's such a great sass to like such a rude conversation happening over her head, but perfectly delivered as Sophia only could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, did you have, uh, do you have anything else? No, I think we kind of get, we kind of got everything. I'm looking over, um, no, I mean, the only other thing which we didn't reference is see if you can find someone who looks clean to drive you home. Oh, right. <laughs> That's so much. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> um, the, um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that part is like, again, playing off of the parent you know now becoming the child in the relationship right it's sort of just like well you taught me this so flip it right back around to you which is pretty good (laughs) oh man well i hope everyone everyone's definitely older after listening to this episode and i hope you're wiser too um join us next time we're going to discuss the aphrodisiac quality of the film out of africa (laughs) as well as danny thomas spit takes Take care, everyone.